coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss a case of deja brew with insecure IoT items. Next up, Emotet runs a refresher course on macroeconomics. And finally, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 62, recorded on October 5th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Think outside the pun, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad. I'm punning it, Anderson. And last but not least, Tarek. Hack it away, Salah. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, I hope you feel loved being greeted by fast food slogans and jingles. Absolutely love it. We did enforce that one on you, Tarek. Uh, this was discussed <laughs> before you joined uh, the conference call. I love He's, it. Thanks, man. What was your other idea, Chad? Because they were both great. Uh, Yo Kiro Malware. Yeah, which I think is good. Um, I uh, yeah, that would have been it. Would have been fine as well. I think. <laughs> Chad, are we hungry? What's happening to us? Um, well, actually, I'm just a little, you know, I love fast food um, and <laughs> I'm just a little insulted. I downloaded the Taco Bell app because they said they deliver now. They don't deliver to my neighborhood. I don't feel that I live in the boonies. In fact, I'm right on the light rail line. You know, we we should get Taco Bell delivery here. So, yeah, it's just on the forefront of my mind. 7-Eleven delivers. Get it together, Taco Bell. <laughs> These are things that keep us up at night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can get delicious taquitos from 7-Eleven, so I don't really need, you know, your Taco Bell. Oh Do you want gosh. my 99 cents or not, Taco Bell? Get with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we have a lot of fun stuff today outside of, of course, fast food jingles. Um, we've got a first article to jump right into, which is a case of deja brew with insecure IoT items. So Martin Ron, a senior researcher at cybersecurity company Avast, recently figured out how to hack into a smart coffee maker and use the machine to ask for money. So they use the coffee maker from a company called Smarter <clears throat> that allows someone to make coffee using their smartphone or tablet, according to a recent blog post. So Chad, not to uh, roast this internet connected coffee machine, but we will. Um, I think it would be really healthy for you, Chad, because otherwise this will bubble up and slowly short circuit you. I'd like you to air any grievances you have from the IoT perspective at this time. I mean, I, I don't really know what you're talking about. Um, there has certainly uh, been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, security issues with IoT, but I have no grievances. I love the Internet of Things. I have an Alexa in the house. Um, and after all, the, the S in IoT stands for security, you know, and I love security. Chad, there's no S in, in IoT, Chad. Oh, yeah, that's the point. Um, so, uh, Alexa, how vulnerable do you feel right now? Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's always something wrong with uh, IoT devices. Um, and I, the space is really funny. I love all the researchers. They keep breaking everything that comes into our home. I have to mention the Kayla doll. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Kayla. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to forget. Um, I believe everything's unplugged, but it's propped up in 
an area of our tech ops portion of our office holding a was it a plastic axe? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, yeah. So we we got that doll. We had this period where we were just purchasing anything that was Bluetooth enabled that was under $50 um, for the research group to play with. And um, the Kayla doll uh, basically just there was there was no security. You could do whatever you want. So we we messed around. But by the time we were done, we we're like, well, what do we do with this thing now? So we duct tape an axe to it and then put it in the uh, server room. So it's the first thing you see when you reach for the uh, light switch in the server room, um, <laughs> which is great. Wakes you up in the morning. Real yeah, <laughs> exactly. Guards. Real quick, man. Your comment just a minute ago about echoes just totally set mine off. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexa, order Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, in all seriousness, can you walk through this researcher Martin's work? What did what did they come across here? Yeah. So. Um, Basically, what this researcher did is they observed all the internet traffic or all the network traffic between the coffee maker, the companion app that it came with, um, and uh, out to the internet. You know, to deduce how the protocol worked um, for its communication. You know, they uh, which luckily that was already on the internet, but basically you just you know you go and confirm all that. It was it was a binary protocol like you'd uh, expect um, with no authentication and no encryption or anything whatsoever. Uh, so then they reverse engineered the companion apps because they noticed that there was no uh, firmware being pulled from the internet when you had run the update. So it had to be in the app itself. Uh, it was a little simple Android app and sure enough, it was there. Uh, then they went ahead and updated the, um, firmware to basically be a little ransomware device. Um, and, uh, just like flashed it to the copy maker. So this all sounds kind of funny. Um, but, uh, it turns out using the Wiggle Wi-Fi database, uh, which is a database of Wi-Fi networks around the world, you can find hundreds of these discontinued coffee makers that are live out there right now that you could drive by and flash the firmware on. Um, so, and, and that's just one example of a smart device. You know, how many, how many fridges and, um, you know, little, uh, like crock pots, uh, you know, Toto toilets, uh, are sitting out there, uh, <laughs> just waiting to be exploited right now, you know? Uh, so. Oh my gosh. I just can't help but think of Zoolander at that moment. It's like the firmware binary is in the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like that. Just like yeah. that. <laughs> well, I have to say this. Martin takes a daily grind. A little too Ooh, seriously. That's good. Huh. Ha! <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's. I was just told recently that I laugh at my own jokes, and I fear that that's been <sighs> memorialized in this podcast. So mm. if it's true, I might as well have some fun with it. So here we are. <laughs> well, they aren't really jokes, you know. More is just like painful puns. <laughs> that to me is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so it sounds like a Reddit user and their employer were impacted, quote unquote, by a similar device's insecurities. So what can you tell us about that? Uh, and what what really went down on the front page of the Internet, Chad? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the uh, 2017 incident, like from a couple of years ago oh, with yes, another copy farm? Yeah, <laughs> uh, this was pretty funny. So this was posted on Reddit and um, 
<laughs> yeah, it ended up making it to the front page and it was on a ton of security reddits. It went absolutely viral. So there was this smart coffee maker on their internal network. Um, the company that had come in to set it up had put it on their management Wi-Fi network instead of on the isolated IoT network where it's supposed to be. You know, of course, network segmentation, huge part of network security. Um, but, uh, you know, they used a third party service to come in and hook it up. And for some reason, they hooked it up to the wrong Wi-Fi. Um, but, what happened is all of their machines got infected with a uh, classic ransomware attack. Uh, but it turns out the coffee maker was vulnerable as well. So they cleaned their whole network up. Um, and then all of a sudden, all their machines started getting popped one after the other again and again and again as they were brought back online. Um, and it ended up being that the coffee maker uh, was the cause of all of this. So um, pretty funny. And uh, why you always put your IoT devices in an isolated network. If people paid the ransom, did the where the place where the air code is supposed to be on the the smart coffee maker device? Did it say thanks a latte? Oh yeah, um, I I hope it did. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There actually is a uh, there is an HTTP response code that returns I'm a teapot um, <laughs> from websites, but I don't. And it act, is actually used by some like internet connected kettles. Uh, but I don't know if there, I don't believe there is one for, I'm a coffee pot. So it's hard to identify them out there. <laughs> the poor coffee pots. Yeah. I want to know more about which code this is and how I can make that happen in my, my day-to-day -day life. Um, Tark, do you know what offhand is it? 419? Is that what it is? Or is 419, uh, waiting or like, oh gosh, what is I'm a teapot? Uh, so it's, you're close. It's 418. 418. There we go. <laughs> I'm a teapot client error message. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I think that'd be really good for like a CTF challenge too, is to have that as a part of the response code. Uh, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to see if we can incorporate that into our domain tool CTF somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a good idea. idea. And maybe have an actual teapot there um, with a flag. The flag is to come and pour me a cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> I think what should happen, too, is if there are any whistleblowers, they should somehow find a way to leverage. Mm, mm. See, the that. kettle, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a little kettle humor. Yeah. Could get myself in some hot water. Huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, I just, I just have to ask just cause I saw this in one of the articles I read. So I'm going to, I'm going to pose the question to you. Were any humans or machines harmed during this attack? <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that, that's, I guess who you ask probably the egos of IOT developers everywhere would be if they were paying attention at all of the security space, but they're not. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think no one was harmed here. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Well, then, okay, speaking of harm, how could this type of technology be weaponized to have greater consequences than some hilarious puns? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things here that could happen, um, especially with, you know, just being able to being able to flash the firmware on just about anything you can, you know, you've got a uh, processor there, you've got a, um, you know, radio. Um, it's, I believe it was with the ESP, what is it like 8422 chip or whatever. That's the, um, really, really common for like, uh, 
I don't know, like hacker group sort of stuff. Like you can use it to make um, Wi-Fi scanners and, um, you know, to pick up like WPA keys and stuff. Um, but uh, so there's that whole issue there that you could basically just have a, a device that um, sits on someone's network and, and siphons off data. Um, anything that you can do with a radio, you could do with, a, you know, a, a, one of these IoT devices, right, um, that has one and is sitting on the client's network. Um but like, you know, outside of that with a coffee pot, I'm not really sure if you could do any major physical damage. There has been uh, several years ago, some ICS researchers proved that uh, you could take like the backup generators at power stations or some of the, the regulatory stuff there and overload it so that it exploded. And that's certainly much more of a meltdown and a problem than you can get with a coffee pot. Like maybe you could turn off the temperature regulator and have the coffee pot explode. Um, that's that's all that I could think of. But uh yeah, here it would be either taking over the radio and, and using that to your advantage, um, especially if you're doing some kind of uh, engagement on a company, right? If you're like doing some red team work, there's probably something in flashing all of their coffee pots and, and using that against them. I have a an additional theory here that the animated film, The Brave Little Toaster, hmm. was the IoT apologist's first attempt to infiltrate the security space yeah. and make us fall in love with inanimate objects. That is my theory. Mm. And I'm sticking to it. Do you I know mean, which, the film in which I am speaking of? I do. And, uh, you know, I have a uh, Roomba, well, not an actual Roomba, the knockoff Roomba um, that <laughs> I have developed, you know, an affection for since we don't have a dog or anything. It's It's got a name. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> I... Roomba? I yell at it when it, uh, you know, gets stuck under the couch. <laughs> Things you would do to, uh, you know, a robot. So. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, one final thing I'd like to get your thoughts on here, Chad, is Martin's quote, which is firmware is a new software and software is often very flawed. So I'm curious if you would agree with this statement. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, firmware, it used to be um, outside of like replacing a uh, the actual hardware itself, like the firmware was, it was that, it was just firmware, you know, like it, it wasn't going to be replaceable. But now everything has some way that you can flash the firmware to it because, uh, you know, you don't, the companies didn't want to have to replace tons of hardware every time they screwed up in a shipment, right? Um, it, it used to be like, even even further than that, there would at least be like some debug port on the PCB you had to plug into or some special onboard cable you needed. They didn't like come with a device to flash the firmware. But now um, it's it's really easy to do on most devices. Like, for instance, uh, someone showed a few years back with ATMs. Um, there's just a USB port that if you plug in, it just takes whatever for that. Uh, I think it was like a Diebold ATM or something. I mean, it was one of the election machines, but it would just take whatever you plug into the USB and, and flash it if there was a binary there. Um, in the instance of these coffee pots, um, it was just a signal you would send. It would go into an update mode. Um, you would send the binary to it and press a physical button on the device and it would accept the updated firmware. So um, in this case, you know, firmware is a lot more like software. So uh, it's it's going to have a lot of bugs and um, that's kind of why companies are making it so they can update these things. And it's why it makes them vulnerable, you know, um, is that you can, you can over the air, just update someone's copy pot to be a ransomware machine. Well said. 
Well yeah. said. And I I am curious to finish this um, coffee topic. Coffee talk. To just, coffee talk. Um, <laughs> I'd love to just get some hoodie hoodie ratings from both of you. And I'm going to start with Tarek. And just as a reminder, it's at zero to ten scale. Zero being not too terrifying, and ten hoodies being the coffee pot's on fire. Um, so Tark, I'll start with you. The coffee pot is one hundred percent on fire right now. I give this ten out of ten drip coffees, which is my favorite. I uh, I'm such a <laughs> coffee affectiano that I take this attack extremely personally, and it is extremely concerning. This is like nation state level to me. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Now the threat actors are like, they're realizing that we're people behind keyboards, so we will attack what is most valuable to them. And I think it's working. That's what I, I, they're definitely yelling this back and forth because they're six feet apart. Hey, you know what? You cripple the blue team's coffee supply, you could probably cripple the blue team, so. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad, would you agree with that? Um, you know, I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to go three out of 10 on the hoodie rating. Reason why I am, I'm sitting here wearing my crop top hoodie, you know, uh, sleeveless. And I have just dumped the hot coffee into my lap and I'm like, shit. And you know why? Because I should have thought to put all these crappy IOT devices isolated somewhere and these should not be affecting my network. <laughs> just like what that company intended to do. Um, there is, there's no reason, um, that if you are bringing these things into your business that you should do anything other than, you know, put them on a segment all their own. Um, the further away from everything else, the better. Uh, so it really, if, if it's an issue, um, it's your fault. <laughs> so that's it's, uh, that's it's, yeah, that's the way I feel about that. I'm just this crop top hoodie thing just kills me every time. Yeah, uh, just the hood, and then just like a the hood. you know the Cheech Marin, and then the sleeves are gone though. So <laughs> it it would pair perfectly with a vest. Together, they would make a jacket. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wonder, does the vest go underneath? Or over the top. It's it's something we should really work out. I think upper management should definitely get to, uh, you know, sending those, getting those orders in and sending those to me so I can test it. Well, I've just ordered some fresh Breaking Badness hoodies. So maybe I should reach out to my, my person, my hoodie person and be like, hey, give me that quote for the crop tops. That's yeah. what uh, the people want. That's what they're after. And crop top matching. hoodie. Crop top hoodie. That's also the name of my punk band. <laughs> Go on to Spotify. Let's check this out. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so on to our next topic here, um, which is Emotet runs a refresher course on macroeconomics. So Emotet is now taking part in the U.S. 2020 presidential election uh, with a new spam campaign pretending to be one from the DNC team's Blue Initiative. So, Tarek, I'm ready for another lesson in Emotet. Can you brush us up on Emotet, their history initiatives, and... I have to say, every time I say Emotet, I want to use like the Wally voice and be like, Emotet. I don't know why. Does anybody else have that inclination? I think that's all you, but I like it. Uh, I think you should kind of run with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about Emotet. <laughs> so Emotet is both a uh, malware type and the name of the, the group behind the massive cybercrime operation. Um, if you've been in InfoSec for the past couple of years, Emotet is definitely a name you likely recognize or even have come across 
um, that has attacked your environment. Um, and so Emotet was really first seen in the wild around 2014 and, uh, you know, obviously is still in operation today. Um, Emotet's always been very financially motivated. So some of its first malware that it was seen being dropped back in 2014 was heavily focused around banking Trojans. And the purpose of a banking Trojan, um, you know, is it will attempt to uh, harvest and sniff credentials from banking sites on a specific allow list. Um, and so Emotet's definitely shifted its operations um, as opposed to being the ones that not only compromise systems and drop malware, um, they've shifted to more of a, around 2016 into more of a foothold for sale kind of a scheme where they would go ahead and compromise thousands of systems um, and develop a botnet for that and then provide access to that infrastructure to other cyber criminals. Uh, yeah. So once again, much like the rest of the tech world, Emotet is now a infrastructure as a as a service platform. Um, and so we've seen Emotet sell their botnets to other pretty big name cybercrime groups uh, like Ryuk uh, for ransomware distribution. Uh, however, lately we've been seeing uh, Emotet dropping TrickBot and QBot uh, pretty often to lift banking credentials from victims. Uh, so they've shifted their tactics and techniques a bit, but Emotet still is and always will be financially motivated. Oh boy. Well, we talk a lot on this podcast about major global events making for great threat actor fodder. I'd assume the 2020 election is no different. And of course, we're seeing this play out now. We're like a month away, a little less than a month away from election day. So what are they up to now, Tarek? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of in the thick of things when it comes to uh, trends and themes with phishing and just other email-based lures. Um, and email-based vectors have always been a really popular arm for Emotet to get its victims. Um, you know, and specifically as of a couple of days ago, Proofpoints researchers uh, detected thousands of email messages sent to quite a handful of U.S.-based organizations uh, with DNC themes uh, for the upcoming election. That's Democratic National uh, Committee um, for the upcoming U.S. election. Um, and so the themes around this campaign specifically as part of the document name lures are volunteers or team blue take action. So really, this is just an ongoing tactic by threat groups to build lures that will catch your eye. Uh, we saw this a lot with COVID, uh, especially a couple months ago as well. So this is just a continuation of attackers trying to grab the latest and greatest uh, in terms of, you know, big named events that are going on. Uh, to build those really uh, lucrative, uh, eye-catchy lures for people to fall victim to. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Proofpoint did some great research um, delving into this campaign. And the title does give this away a little bit, but what happens when the attached documents are opened? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the title does give it away. But you know what, though? Uh, Emotet, they're not doing anything novel here. This isn't a uh, brand new technique. This is using the standard issue a very cliche at this point, a uh, Word document containing a piece of VB macro code uh, that has uh, some simple loader uh, malware capabilities embedded inside of it. So once the uh, macro code's executed, it'll go ahead and download other uh, you know, additional payloads, whatever the Emotet authors want to deliver. Um, so it's really interesting that um, with this specific campaign, uh, Proofpoint noted that Emotet was seen dropping the QBot malware um, with this specific DNC-related uh, attack. All right, so if you ever hear of an APT group or just just some 
infosec crew that comes together and their name is like Virginia Woolf or Gabriel Garcia Marquez, you'll know that that's me behind that because then we can be really implementing novel attacks. Just putting that out there. <laughs> that's all I can think anytime something's novel. It's like, you're right, Virginia Woolf would never! How dare you? It's not a novel attack. That's... That's really bad. <laughs> I think most of Virginia Woolf's stuff was technically novellas, right? So... <sighs> I have known saying. better to go against you on this. <laughs> no, that's actually, that's malarkey. They were all novels. Malarkey! <laughs> Fantastic use of that yeah. word. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And finally, that degree coming in handy. <laughs> all right, so after the documents are opened, you know, good old enabling of the macro situation occurs. So what happens when the Emotet Trojan is installed then on the victim's computer? Yeah, you know, so this one is, uh, it's a really straightforward, very uh, typical pattern theme of Emotet. Uh, so once again, if someone opens up that Word document and is doing so like on a Windows computer and they allow those Word documents to run by clicking that enable button, uh, Qbot has been seen in the wild getting downloaded and run on that computer. And so kind of once again, Qbot is a pretty popular banking Trojan that has an allow list of popular banking sites. Uh, and it attempts to go ahead and steal uh, credentials and uh, harvest those and exfiltrates those to the uh, Emotet authors um, on execution. Uh, Qbot's also pretty interesting too. Uh, Qbot is, um, it also runs different worker threads to spread to other Windows-based computers on the local network. So um, if you have uh, one infection by Qbot um, through like an initial uh, email vector, you don't necessarily, uh, you're not out of the woods yet. Um, so Qbot can spread uh, laterally pretty aggressively to other Windows-based machines. Um, so all the Emotet authors really need to do is have one successful victim, um, and then uh, they can actually capture and compromise quite a bit of systems on the local network. So pretty scary stuff. Oh boy. And it sounds like, I mean, part of this is fairly cut and dry. Like it's, it's all very on brand. It's, you know, Emotet school's objectives. They're financially motivated. The classic enable macro downloading a Trojan type scenario. So I'm curious, as this seems relatively tame and unsophisticated compared to other election themed campaigns, have there been any recently that have caught your eye or that have been more concerning to you? You know, uh, so one thing I always like to say is that just because it's unsophisticated doesn't mean it's not effective. Uh, I say that quite a bit because it's so true. Emotet's a great example of this. You know, we're not dealing with uh, super in-depth, uh, sophisticated attacks dealing with like zero days and some sort of, uh, you know, word process or anything like that to get code execution. Uh, this is a really, really straightforward thing. Um, and so bringing it back to Emotet, um, Emotet and Qbot are really, and it, it, this has been the case for several years now, it's a nasty one-two combo and it's been super successful there for years now. Uh, so I don't want to downplay that. Um, however, this isn't a cyber campaign that involves um, affecting the upcoming political election. Um, this isn't a necessarily a disinformation campaign. This is just a um, a lure uh, using some of the you know the the big headlines and politics and some of the political themes um, just to go ahead and get uh, more victims to actually open that word document up. Um, but you know, I don't want to downplay it, but it's not nation state level. Uh, espionage, uh, anything on that, 
anything of that severity. Well, I am curious, and that's that's a fantastic point, Tark. Thank you for bringing all that up. But one more thing I'd like to pick your brain on is if you have any predictions as we move into this final stretch uh, before Election Day on what you think is going to happen here. Yeah, you know what? Um, so I think we can and definitely will. And it's happening right this second. Uh, we should expect a massive, huge uptick in election-related attacks. But really, from the whole threat spectrum, um, you know, we're talking about cyber criminals that are financially motivated, uh, like what we've seen with Emotet and Qbot, uh, all the way up to uh, disinformation campaigns run by nation states. Um, the entire spectrum right now is going to be very heavily uh, politically motivated uh, with their lures, with their attacks, or with their motives and goals. Um, so really just buckle up because I think the next month or two is going to be kind of a bumpy ride, uh, very akin to what we saw with um, with COVID related attacks. We're going to see the same t- style of massive upticks in uh, in uh, election related attacks. So it'll be fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, 2020, if anything, has made us all very agile people. <laughs> <laughs> Our resilience is building. <laughs> oh gosh okay well chad let's give uh give you the first shot here at the hoodie rating um yeah i you know i probably am like wearing like a you know mostly a full hoodie in this instance a good eight out of ten um you know but i have to like really enable macros to get the hood to work um <laughs> but uh stupid um <laughs> i'm running off on you yeah. excellent um you know i Emotet's uh, effective, you know, and it is collecting a lot of bank accounts, affects regular people. Um, that's kind of the the thing that makes it go up further for me. You know, I, I always try and bring into these hoodie ratings uh, thinking about, like, how many number of victims there are. And there's probably more people that get hit by this than if, you know, some nation state was targeting a, uh, I don't know, very specific industry. Um, so, so that's what I kind of think about in that. So that's why I put it up a little bit higher. Certainly like Tark says, uh, all the time, you know, um, it's not sophisticated, but that doesn't mean it's not effective. Um, and this keeps, uh, getting people's banking credentials. So that's the way I feel about that. There you go. All right, Tark, what do you think? Yeah. You know what? This is just a solid seven out of 10 for me. Um, I feel like if we were talking about an enterprise environment with, you know, a strong EDR in place. Uh, the odds of being affected by Emotet are pretty low. Um, that being said, uh, there's so much more to the, to the entire world than just inter- than, than individuals or organizations with EDR solutions in place. Um, so, you know, we're really talking about like a populace of the globe that doesn't have maybe Windows Defender enabled. They're not on Windows 10. Um, you know, they're running Macs. There's a whole massive segment here of people that are still really affected by, uh, by Emotet. So uh, that all being said, seven out of 10, still effective. Well, there you have it. That's usually you both align exactly on the same hoodie rating at least once in an episode. So we're seeing some, some deltas here um, that coffee really impacted Tarek. (laughs) That's a big deal, folks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Next week, I'll try to find like a um, chicken wing appliance. That's IOT because I feel like I might get my first 11 out of 10 from you. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee machine, chicken wing combo. 
that would bring you to your knees, I think. I think that would deeply upset you. I think it would. Like, Emotech Cubot's a nasty one, too, but coffee and wings, that's the <laughs> ultimate one, too. That'd be a, that'd be an 11 out of 10 for sure. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's have some fun here. Let's play our game, Two Truths and a Lie, and it's uh, Tarek is up this week. We're in, a, we're in a close race here, people. So um, Chad and I are currently tied, and Tarek is but one point behind. So let's see if he can dazzle us here with some mischief. So he's going to come with three different articles. Two are true. One is a lie. And uh, Chad and I are going to try to sniff it out. So go ahead, Tarek. All right. Okay. So um, first article, Uh, a new Mirai variant called Demon Bot has been seen in the wild attacking IoT devices. Uh, The second article, the authors of the Magecart malware have been found guilty in U.S. courts. And the third article, uh, a recent Twitter bug may have exposed API keys and access tokens for thousands of users. Hmm. First one was timely. Interesting. Mm, I'm going to say number one is the lie. All right. How about you, Kelsey? Hmm. These are all really good. <sighs> Dang it. Dang you, Tarek. Um, let's think here for a second. Is this, do I hear Googling happening in the background? What? No, never. I would never. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, these are all so good that I kind of just want to agree with Chad because either Chad and I will continue to be tied or we'll all be tied and both of those are kind of awesome so i'm going to agree with chad that the first article is a lie okay so turns out that is incorrect the lie was the authors of magecart malware uh have not been caught and they're definitely not in any kind of u.s court jurisdiction uh situation right now so sad panda but there really is a new Mirai variant called DemonBot, and it's out there doing nasty things to IoT devices, maybe coffee devices. We don't know. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. So we're in a neck-and-neck three-way tie, yeah? We really are. Whew, this is kind of terrifying. The heat is on. The heat is on. Well, that that was a great episode, you two. Thank you so much for all of your thoughtful insight, per usual, mm. for a lot of coffee puns. Those were those were fantastic. Thanks, team. Um, Chad, Tarek, any final thoughts before we end today's episode? Trouble's brewing. <laughs> I like ending on that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we can end on a higher note. We'll see you next week on a next episode of Breaking Badness. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>